You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why. And how today on the show, Matt Miller joins us formerly of Bleacher Report, now of his own platform that I will let him explain a little bit later. And from what I understand of it, it is going to be a very cool thing, Uh, a a place that is more than just content that is going to be a community for NFL draft fans and weirdos like me who are obsessed with this stuff, and I know a lot of you are as well, uh, given the amount of mock drafts I got over the course of last (laughs) offseason. I know a lot of you are really into this stuff too. So um, Matt is is hooked in, um, and he he hears things. And he was one of the people that was, as the draft was getting closer, was saying, hey, you know, the Packers, Jordan Love might be a thing. And I have to say, I, I dismissed it. And uh, he was right. He was right. And it turns out he had pretty good sourcing on that. So it, just uh, something to keep in mind here as we're thinking about what could happen in the upcoming draft here this spring. But we've got football to talk about. Uh, the Packers have a playoff game on Saturday afternoon against the Los Angeles Rams. And we have some news because the Packers were able to sign Jared Valdir off the Colts practice squad and that seems weird right Jared Valdir started for the Colts in the playoff game against the Bills and they lost and so you're going wait so so they can just take him yes and here's why he was a practice squad player so practice squad rosters are different than regular rosters the Colts are um, they're out, they're no longer involved, but their practice squad is still fair game. Their regular roster would not be. You can't just like, you know, say, hey, Quentin Nelson, come come uh, join up for the, for the playoff run. No, so this is one of those weird situations where he gets eliminated but gets to keep playing. He could theoretically start two straight playoff games for two different teams I can't imagine in the modern era that's ever happened. And because of the new COVID protocols, because he was in a system where he was being tested every day, he can come in and be eligible to practice and theoretically play right away. Well, why is this a big deal? Well, for starters, this was something that was discussed when David Bakhtiari was injured. Green Bay could have made the move then and try to pluck him off the Colts practice squad. At the time, they decided not to do that. But now that his season is over, he still wants to keep playing, apparently wants to chase a ring. Green Bay gives him an opportunity to do that. And remember, last year, Brian Bulaga has the mysterious day of illness, um, can't go in that playoff game in the divisional round against the Seahawks. Valdir with essentially no notice comes in and is great, comes in and absolutely yields no ground 
to Jadeveon Clowney and, and the Seahawks at Lambeau Field last year. So I don't think we should assume he's going to come in and start. I think most likely what we're going to see is, you know, Billy Turner at left tackle, Alton Jenkins, Corey Lindsley, Lucas Patrick, and Rick Wagner. But let's say Aaron Donald starts to eat against Lucas Patrick. Now you have a legitimate option to throw out there. You can move Billy Turner, say, okay, maybe Billy Turner gives us a better chance against Aaron Donald. I'm not altogether convinced that's true, but maybe it is. And so now you have someone like Valdir. He knows the system. He knows the, the, the guys. He knows the calls. He can come in on short notice and give you some, some left tackle snaps if you need it in a situation where you know Aaron Donald is ruining your game. You hope you're not in that position. Um, and, and remember, he's coming in less than 100%. But this Rams defense is really good. And so having that protection is useful. And, and even though you know Leonard Floyd is having a nice season for the Rams, but they don't have the sort of edge pass rushers that really would have you worried about someone like Billy Turner out there or Rick Wagner, because Veldier could play for Wagner too. Um, and um, I, I think we should remember that part of it as well. If if Wagner gets hurt or Billy Turner gets hurt, you have someone who can capably come in and give you meaningful snaps. It's, it's not just about this Rams game either. Because if you do win this week, you're going to be going up against either a Saints team or a Bucks team with real edge rushers. Marcus Davenport, Cam Jordan, Trey Hendrickson, um, Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaq Barrett. Those are the kinds of guys you're going to have to play in an NFC Championship game. If you have an injury, you would otherwise be SOL. If the Packers had an injury at tackle, or they had an injury at guard and they didn't feel like John Runyon Jr. could go out and do there and you and and you want to move Billy Turner inside. You don't have someone on the roster now that you feel confident taking that responsibility. Josh Najman is just not ready for a responsibility like that. Jared Veldier is. And so in in a situation where you're already a little thin on depth. And you're going up against a really good defense, the best defense in the league right now, especially having that kind of offensive line depth with someone who, you know, can go out and start a playoff game for you. He did it last year. And and by the way, just did it for another team a week ago and played well. That is a luxury that most teams are not afforded. It is something that Green Bay is going to have in this game and and it speaks to you know a, a mentality from Ryan Gutekunst he was not satisfied with what they had and he saw an opportunity to improve this team saw an opportunity to improve the roster and this is the kind of move that that maybe Ted Thompson doesn't make and I know we we beat that drum a lot but this is you know Tavon Austin Snacks Harrison Jared Valdier, these are moves that can make a Super Bowl team work. Just those little moves on the margin. And we haven't seen Tavon Austin. We've only really seen the big time negative with him with the fumbling. Snacks has been good in limited snaps. I would expect to see a similar approach um, this week, although I would expect that he also sees more snaps. 
He's never going to be someone who's going to play 65% of your snaps. But if he can come in and play 35% of snaps and play a lot of early down snaps and help this Packers team stop the run on early downs, then that's what he's here for. These are moves that Ted Thompson did make in the early part of his tenure to go get, you know, uh, Howard Green is a name that we've talked about on the show with snacks and Ryan Pickett. That was not seen as a momentous move, but it was a culture move. And he played really meaningful snaps for the Packers, was a good player for them. This is the kind of move that the Patriots would make in, you know, the 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 dynastic part of this season. This is the move that if the Saints make it, Packer fans are annoyed their team didn't make it. And I think it is worth shouting out that in this case, they in fact did make that move. That they are trying to figure out ways to make this roster better, to bring in veterans, not just rely on next man up, not just rely on the undrafted free agent that you have waiting there whose potential you like, but you have no idea if he can actually play football. Green Bay adding Valdir is yet another signal that they feel like this is a Super Bowl caliber team and is a continuation of what Brian Gutekunst has been doing since he took over as GM by saying, if there, are, if there is a guy that can come in, and even if he is not a starter, but can churn our roster a little bit, can make us better, can, can create some depth, then that guy is worth getting. Have you started your BetOnline account? I'm just wondering. BetOnline.ag is the one place, the one place we trust, the one place that has you covered with all of your gambling needs. They do gambling on everything. Pick a sport. Pick a prop, pick the, you know, whatever it is, they have a way for you to gamble on it. Uh, BetOnline.ag. And right now, when you use the promo code locked on, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. They do NFL games of the week. Um, college football is over now. Hopefully, you got in your money on the, on the national championship game, but we've got NBA. We've got NHL coming. We've got baseball here before you know it. So there's going to be plenty of opportunities for you to lay some money down. Why not let Bet online give you some free money when you use the promo code locked on a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online is your online sportsbook experts. Gambling on the NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's get to my conversation with Matt Miller, formerly of Bleacher Report. Now he is working on his own thing on Substack. We'll give you an opportunity to find all of that coming up here shortly. Follow him on Twitter at NFL Draft Scout. Matt, thanks for coming on Locked On Packers. Hey, yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it today. Excited to talk about Green Bay Packers football. Yeah, and this is a great time to have you on, um, especially because your expertise, specifically around the NFL draft, there was a lot of discussion this last offseason about the Packers in need for weapons. And when they go into this game now against the best defense, I think, anyway, in football in, in the L.A. Rams, there's a chance that the fact that they didn't do anything in the draft and, and bring in some sort of impact pass catcher could factor into this game. When you were putting together the needs for this team last offseason, uh, where did you see pass catcher fitting in there? 
Yeah, it was at the top. Uh, quarterback and running back were right. not the stuff at top, right? Um, but that's how the draft goes. It, it definitely was, you know, near the top. Uh, I actually pulled my notes up, and it, it was number one. Wide receiver was the number one thing. And then after that, I really thought maybe they would go tight end, you know, uh, and try to yeah. build out that passing game around Aaron Rodgers. Um, it, you know, never would have thought they would find Robert Tunyon. He would be as good as he is. So they checked that tight end box at least. But wide receiver was the, the thing, and I know that, you know, that they've done a great job there of, you know, keeping this team competitive. But I really thought after seeing what happened in the uh, in the playoffs last year, really thought, okay, they're going to try to load up and give Rodgers a stud. And do more of like what we saw the Raiders do with Henry Ruggs and, and getting Brian Edwards as well. Or what the Broncos did, you got Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler. So we saw all these teams in the first round la- last year go get their impact guy. I mean, the Vikings trade Stephon Diggs, they get Justin Jefferson. So it just really seemed like last year, uh, a lot of teams were trying to give their quarterback that guy and trying to close some of those gaps. And and the offense was, you know, where everyone wanted to go with a historic wide receiver class. It it really felt like, okay, someone's going to be there for Green Bay to go that route. Um, it, whether, whether you want to look back at the 2020 NFL draft and say, okay, uh, there was a guy. We would have liked to have had this player instead of, you know, going with Jordan Love where they did, you know, that's hindsight. It's fun to do right now. But I think the good news is this year, the class lines up really, really well for uh, the Packers to do that if they want. If, they, if they're if they going to commit resources to wide receiver, this is another really good year for it. Yeah, and I want to I want to ask you about that a little bit later, um, and, and just sort of pick your brain on that one. But you were one of the prominent analysts, anyway, who uh, was was a bigger fan than of Rashawn Gary than I, I think a lot of fans were. Certainly a bigger fan than I was. What did you see there, and and what have you seen from him in terms of his growth the last two years? Yeah, you know, I was a big fan of the kind of the athletic profile uh, of seeing a player who had that type of raw ability. And I probably, you know, made more excuses than needed to for the lack of production in college. Of, <laughs> right. Okay, we've got a guy who's a, a five-star player coming out. He's 6'4", 290, and he's running, you know, a, a four five eight, or I, He was 277 by the time we got to the combine. But, like, there just aren't many players that you see who are like that. So it's like, okay, if we can just refine that a little bit, if we can just – coach him up a little bit, he could be super, super special. So whether it was outside linebacker or a you know six technique, a five technique, a three technique, it just felt like you were going to be able to find a role for him, a fit for him. Now, I, I've been encouraged by you know what we've seen from him in, in a small sample size. I think that's the key. It's just how do you now get more consistency? Um, obviously, the Packers really hit on uh, you know the, the Smith brothers at outside linebacker, and so I think that even – by those moves, it kind of became a thing where it's like, okay, well, we don't really need Rashawn Gary to be that guy right now. So you can bring him along a little bit slower and make sure you get that full development. But, you know, I am still like a believer that he can become something really special. I, I do think that 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 position has become harder to transition than it used to be. It used to be, oh, you're a great pass rusher. Let's just throw you out there and you'll make plays. And, you know, there are definitely guys like, you know, Chase Young is having a phenomenal year. On the other side of that line, you have someone like Montez Sweat, who it took him just a little bit of time to get acclimated and, and step up to the level that we thought he was going to be coming out of college. But I would look at what uh, what Gary did this past year and, and be encouraged by that, at least. Yeah, Montez Sweat, Chase Young, Rashawn Gary, those guys are also 
freak athletes. If you bank on athleticism, usually that can translate into something good. And that's something that the Packers did um, at, at defensive back when they got Jair Alexander and Darnell Savage. And we're now seeing those guys really come through here. Where were you with Darnell Savage? Because his ability to come in this year, um, Mike Patton in about the middle of the season, let him play a little bit more robber in the middle of the field. He's manning up against tight ends a little bit more often. And his growth, I mean, the Packers think the sky is the limit for this guy. Yeah, I do too. And uh, looking back at where I had him, I had a uh, like a round two grade on him. So he went a little earlier than I expected, but I do remember getting down to to watch him play and just thinking, my God, he's so athletic. Like he's just, he's super fast and the range was phenomenal. My biggest concern for him was size. You know, he's, he's kind of a smaller guy. He was sub mm-hmm. 200 pounds um, and wasn't really a hitter. Like he would strike guys, but he would just bounce off players. And so right. he still does that, that like, sometimes. Oh, now, right. Yeah. And it's like, okay, this guy's going to go to the NFC North and, and have to play, you know, physical football. I did I really thought like, oh, he might be a nickel. I don't know if he's going to be an every down, you know, free safety, that type of player, but I think he is someone who, like you said with Rashawn Gary, betting on athleticism is a pretty good bet. If you have instincts in athleticism, it's usually going to work out pretty well. And Darnell Savage had that. I mean, four three six speed with that, you know, the ability to flip his hips to get over the top, and that he. A lot of times we see athletes; they're kind of afraid of contact and they don't like to, you know, be in in those areas it wasn't like that for him i know he said like he bounces off guys but at least he's trying and you see that a lot even in pass coverage where he attacks the ball I mean, he'll go after 50 50 balls you know he'll he'll go up and challenge guys to high point so i liked darnell savage a lot i know my good buddy matt bowen uh, who's the espn now used to be at bleacher report he loved savage more than me and kept trying to tell me to get up on him and i was like yeah, i don't know he's not very physical it's like he runs a four three six. Doesn't matter how those you know he's not playing inside linebacker. It's going to be okay. So, uh, but you know those are a couple of building blocks that are really really fun. And like Darnell Savage is still twenty three years old. I mean he's he's still a baby in terms of, of football development. So I think the this guy is still the limit for him. Yeah, I want to ask you about the linebacker thing because the Packers have really not cared about the linebacker position. Um, and that's going back to the Ted Thompson era. They have not allocated resources to it in a significant way. And, you know, there have been a couple guys that came in this year and and played right away, but they weren't great. Um, it, it, what is it about that position that you think potentially makes it difficult for NFL teams to to scout it because, you know, the Packers, they draft Kamel Martin, but come in and, and Chris Barnes is the guy playing early in the season. He's been their best linebacker this year and he was undrafted. Yeah, I, I do think it's hard because so much of it is you're guessing almost at, OK, what was this guy asked to do on this play? And how did he respond to what the offense did? So a lot of times you can be watching and be like, oh, man, this guy's run fits are so good. But that's all he's doing. You know, he's king on the guard and he's just attacking. And then it's like, okay, well, that was kind of coached. It's not instincts. And then other times you look at a guy and, <laughs> excuse me, and be like blown away by their athleticism. But then you realize <clears throat> that they're a step late in terms of their ability to diagnose and to read and react. And so, but in college, they can overcome that with athleticism. I'll never forget watching I'm a Texas fan watching Malik Jefferson at Texas and you saw this dude who was running like four four speed and he's just such an athlete but it took a long time to like kind of watch and be like, oh wait like he's seeing this late he's just fast enough to catch up to it so right. I do think that's a, a hard part of, of evaluating is with a linebacker you're almost guessing at okay what was he asked to do and then how much of this was him on his own you know how much of and it's kind of like a quarterback you know the quarterbacks we watch and say 
all right, did you get through your progressions or were you, is this, what are your progressions? Is it a one read throw? Is it a two read throw? And, and at some point you are guessing because we're not in the huddle. We're not there. So we don't know. But I do think with linebacker, there's also, you know, there's some philosophy among some front offices that it's just not that important of a position. And so they're not going to throw a lot of money at it. They're not going to draft this player or this position early. Um, you know, I can remember several years back, the previous Giants regime, and they were like, yeah, we don't draft linebackers. You know, it's not going to do it. We'll find a guy. You know, we'll, we'll pick somebody up and we'll make it work because it's just not that important to what we do as long as they're, you know, like when you have a roller coaster, you have to be this tall to ride it. You know, right. A lot of teams look at, okay, for a linebacker, we just need you to be this good. Like, we just need you to right. be okay, and we can work everything else around you. So I think with, you know, like you said, with Ted Thompson, things are obviously very, very different than they are now um, under Brian. But I, I do think that, you know, like you said, Chris Barnes, you know, what a heck of a player this year. And I don't know where, you know, folks like Pro Football Focus and things like that had him rated, but I remember watching him at UCLA and just being like, yeah, he's an undrafted free agent. Like, he'll, he'll probably, you know, he'll get in camp. He might have a chance to make a team, but I wasn't super excited about him and and so it's it's great to see him especially i think late in the year really step up and and become a, a pretty important player yeah and that's with kamel martin who was by the way pro football focus is I, I believe number two graded rookie linebacker this year um, by all accounts was the best linebacker in camp in, including christian kirksey including barnes and all those guys they're really excited about martin too matt i can't have you on and not ask about uh, what was, at least in the spring, the elephant in the room and is no longer. So I'm going to ask you about Jordan Love this way. What was your evaluation on Love and did it change based on where he went and the situation that he's in now? Yeah, that's a great point. I'm, I love the way you phrase that because I'm a big believer in we have to look at where a guy goes to at quarterback to truly assess them. So I liked Jordan Love. Um, I had a late first round grade on him and thought that <clears throat> the sky was really, really high for him in the right system. The key was getting him somewhere where he didn't have to play right away because I thought some of the issues, uh, I call it a slow trigger. He was a little bit slow to process and, and see the field and throw guys open. A lot of times he was holding the ball too long in the pocket. So he had to learn how to throw guys open versus throwing to the open receiver. You kind of expect that coming out of Utah State, right? And then the other thing was, sure. there were times he would trust his arm too much. So my comparison for him was actually Colin Kaepernick. You have this guy who's a, a good athlete. He's got a big arm. He's kind of got that a little bit of a slow delivery, a little bit of a hesitation almost in his in his delivery, but someone who could just rifle the ball in there. Now, obviously, he took a step back last year from 18 to 19. You know, when the coaching staff changed, I think that really affected him. But I do still think that he could be really, really good. I mean, he can he can outrun guys to the corner. He can make every throw in your playbook. So you go from Aaron Rodgers, who has one of the best arms I've ever seen, to Jordan Love. I think the hope is, okay, our playbook actually doesn't have to change. This guy can still throw the ball all over the place. He's got that, you know, kind of gunslinger mentality. There's accuracy on the, on deep passes. So I really liked uh, Jordan Love, and I, I liked it even better that he went to Green Bay. because you. And I know fans, you know, it's a very uh, tormented pick because you wanted a wide receiver or you wanted a mm -hmm. tight end. But with Jordan Love, like, you know who the next guy is. And you can look at situations around the league right now, whether it's in Philly where they have no idea what the quarterback is for next year or, you know, the Colts. Okay, well, you get, you get Phillip Rivers for a year. Now what? What are you going to do next? And I think that's one smart thing what this front office has done is let's get a guy who we really, really like and let's build him up when we don't need him. And I know Kyle Shanahan had said something a couple of weeks ago about with quarterbacks now we evaluate, we're just looking for guys who are elite, guys who are exceptional, 
Jordan Love has exceptional traits. It's just a matter of being able to coach some of the intricacies of the game. And a lot of that is just going to have to be learned out on the field as well. So you can only do so much, you know, board work and homework before you have to get out there and actually start doing it. Yeah, someone like Pittsburgh as well. What are they going to do at quarterback? Uh, a lot oh, of questions big one. Yeah. around the league. Certainly, I wonder if if the Packers, what they know now, and the and the Steelers, what they know now, if they would try and swing a, a Chase Claypool for Jordan Love trade last spring. But uh, I don't think Green Bay would do it now. Um, I, uh, I I can't let you go without asking about the receivers, of course. So. It doesn't have to be first round, doesn't have to be, you know, even top hundred. But in terms of finding a guy who can come in, I think one of the elements that they're really missing is someone who you can just throw that little that little smoke screen to or, you know, a little underneath slant. They don't have that Debo Samuel kind of guy who can be that run after catch player in this Shanahan tree offense. So who is the guy that you would like the best in that role and why is it Kadarius Tony? Yeah, you're speaking my language now, buddy. Uh, I, that's, that's the stuff I love. Uh, Kadarius Tony is one of my favorite players in the draft class. He really is. And I think a lot of people watched him in Florida and were like, okay, well, is he that fast? Guys, let's stop overthinking things. He is excellent with his ball in his hands after the catch, whether it's on you know the smoke routes, whatever it might be, getting pop passes, screens. He's just exceptional with the ball in his hands. His acceleration is amazing. He has great, great vision in the open field. Now, the thing is, like, okay, is he going to run a 4-2? Nope, he's not. But he's just athletic out on the field. And I think there's going to be a lot of guys in this draft class who are like that, where you look at Rondale Moore at Purdue, he's going to test better if we get a combine. And I actually don't think we will. Guys like Rondale Moore are going to test better. Uh, Elijah Moore at Ole Miss, probably going to test better. The difference is, Kadarius Tony's six foot tall, 195 pounds. So he is much, much bigger than these guys, which I actually like, mm-hmm. because in the open field, I think he can run over some guys. You know, he can make some plays where it's not, you know, we're not looking at smaller guys that haven't, you know, they are small receivers that haven't really worked out, like Marquise Brown, you know, John Ross, these mm-hmm. small, fast receivers who, uh, it's just, you get out there and it's a little bit different when you're you're dealing with professional athletes and grown men at the corner position. So I actually really like Kadarius Tony's ability to transition. And I, I know there's been some heat that I've taken on Twitter because people are like, why would you, like this guy, this is the guy you want. I think he's a late first round talent all day. And in a scheme like Green Bay, or like you said, a Shanahan tree, if he goes to Kansas City, the NFL just needs to like not let that happen because it wouldn't be fair. <laughs> but you know, if he ends up somewhere like Green Bay, or you know, I'm, I've been a Niners fan for 32 years. If he somehow the Niners don't need him, but if he's there in the second round, you like you have to pull the trigger because there are just certain schemes that if, if a guy like that gets in, it's going to be really really special. Yeah, you have Ayuk, you have Debo, you have enough, Matt. Okay. Yeah, right. Like, come on, stop. But hopefully we're trading those for Deshaun Watson. So that's that's my my hope and prayer right Ooh, now. <laughs> no, that you have to make that illegal, too. I can't I cannot uh, I cannot support that, even though, of course, it would be absolutely filthy and unlock Deshaun right. in 17 different ways that that he right. has not been unlocked already. Um, Matt, one of the big reasons I wanted to have you on is you are starting something new and I wanted to give uh, my audience a chance to find it. So explain what you're working on now. Yeah, I'm so excited about this. It's called thedraftscout.com, and it's, uh, it's a Substack platform. So it is going to be like a newsletter format, but also you can just visit the site and see all the articles. Uh, it effectively uh, launches on February 11th. But in the meantime, I'm doing some fun, cool things. I actually launched a Discord server this morning where people you know, can talk about the draft. And <clears throat> you and I are probably old enough to remember the message board days of the NFL draft. And oh, yeah. I kind of want to throw back to that. I'm going to be doing some things like scouting clinics over Zoom. 
happy hours over Zoom where I'm getting some of my friends in the industry to stop by and talk about offensive line player, talk about coverages, talk about quarterback training, doing things like that. And then also, excuse me, uh, we'll be doing live mock drafts. So Packers fans can sign up and it's kind of a first come first serve. So if you don't get in on the first one, you'll have another opportunity. We're going to do a live mock draft. It's going to be 32 general managers. We're going to get in a Zoom room uh, or whatever it might be, uh, Skype or Google Hangout or something, and, and run through the first round of the NFL draft. I think eventually we'll probably run through subsequent rounds because I'm actually pretty excited about it. So, um, you know, asking folks to pay for content, it's hard in a pandemic. So I just want to make sure that people get more than just articles. You know, I want it to be interactive. I want it to be fun. I want people to learn. Uh, but also where it's somewhere that people just kind of want to hang out because – you know, Twitter's fantastic, and I owe a lot of my career to, to the growth on there, but Twitter's also kind of toxic. There are a lot of trolls. There's a lot of just mean people who are looking to take out their frustrations online. So I want to build a yep. community subsequent to that where people can have fun and hang out, and it's you know it's, it's a little bit of a throwback to when it was just fun to talk about football online. So I'm, I'm trying to foster that community uh, with my content, mock drafts, scouting reports, things like that, kind of wrapped into it as well. That sounds awesome. Uh, I will definitely be checking it out, and, and I suggest everyone else does too. Matt, I appreciate it, man. This was great. Thank you so much, dude. I appreciate the time. All right, I want to thank Matt again for joining the show. Great to talk to him, and and please do go check out what he's working on over there. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Shopping for car parts. It's not the most glamorous thing to do. It's not anyone's idea of a good time. So why not go somewhere that makes it easy And you know what? It's even easier because you don't actually have to go anywhere. If you have a phone or a tablet or a PC, you have access to rockauto.com, a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They've got everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oils, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The Rock Auto catalog is unique and easy to navigate, and best of all, prices are always reliably low. The same for professionals or do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much on the same parts? Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us section so they know we sent you. All right, back tomorrow, Zhao you doing? And then our crossover with Social Kermendous, who you heard a little bit yesterday on our recap show. I thought that was useful insight from him yesterday talking about uh, Ram Seahawks and and what that meant in, in sort of an instant reaction type of setting for him. So um, check out Locked on Rams this week. I think there'll they'll, um, be a lot of good stuff that, that you can get in terms of going behind enemy lines. That'll prep you for our pod on Thursday with Sosa and then our live show on Friday. Um, we'll, we'll start to get the injury report here and, and all that stuff. So we'll figure out what's going on, who's going to be playing and who's not. Uh, it seems like Green Bay is going to be pretty healthy. So that is great news for the Packers. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do it, 920 341 3775 to stay locked on Packers.